Varmt välkomna till Korskyrkan Stockholms podd Vardagstro. Detta är podden där vi pratar om hur tron blir synlig i vardagen på olika sätt genom livets olika omständigheter. Det är en podd där vi vill få höra människors livsberättelser och prata om vad tro är för oss. Och vi som leder denna podden heter Jason Kim och Jessica Selin. Ja, och idag, vem är det vi har som gäst idag? Vi har Sara Saug. Sara Saug, ja vad fantastiskt. Jättekul. Ja, vad, är, vad är dina intryck av Sara? Sara Saug, uh, jag, jag älskar Sara Saug. Uh, och vi har haft liksom, Marcus här, uh, tidigare hennes man. Uh, så jättekul att ha liksom, andra halvan av Team Saug här. Mm, uh, Sara uh, är faktiskt första personen jag träffade. Uh, från korskyrkan mm-hmm. jag, var Oj, ett, jag, mm, jag var på ett mm. bröllop uh, Hos en kompis, en gemensam uh, vän mm. uh, Och det var precis där liksom Jag hade bestämt att Okej, okay, jag ska börja jobba i, i korskyrkan Och, och mm. jag hade väldigt lite så här, intryck mm. Och då träffade jag faktiskt uh, Sara Saug Och vi, vi snackade väldigt mycket Och, uh, och det, det var så här oh, Jag fick en sån bra känsla att, oh my, mm. awesome, Jag får liksom jobba i en församling Där liksom, den här personen är med yeah. uh, och hon är så här inbjudande, varm, eh, närvarande. Du vet, sitter tillsammans och lyssnar och kommer ihåg mm. saker i samtalet. Och, mm. och, vara väldigt, och hon var väldigt välkomnande, kommer jag ihåg. Mm. Och hon kände inte ens mig, vem jag är. Men mm. hon var så här, oh, it's nice that you're going to be coming here. Och så här. Och, mm. Så ja, ja. Så lite speciellt att mm. få prata med ja, Sara precis, idag. Precis, precis. Ja, nej men... När jag tänker på Sara så tänker jag nog en väldigt klok person. Ja. Alltså väldigt vis. Mm. Jag har ju tagit med Sara och Markus ganska mycket på ungdomsgrejer generellt. Mm. För att jag tycker att de bara är så väldigt kloka. Så jag vill att ungdomarna ska lyssna till dem helt enkelt. För att de är kloka. Så att, så, och jag, jag, det är nog det första som slår mig bara mm. så här. Sen så märker man att hon har en... En varm relation till, till Gud men också på något sätt att hon förstår Guds storhet mm. eh, och att hon, hon vill verkligen leva för Gud och är väldigt mån om att lyssna in vad Gud vill att hon ska göra med sitt liv. Att det inte ska bara handla om att hon har Gud lite vid sidan av när hon mm. känner för det utan att så här, nej, men hela mitt liv ska handla om Gud eh, och jag behöver vara eh, trofast. Yeah. Och när han talar då, då gör jag det som han säger. Mm. Så här, och den, den delen av, av hennes tro tycker jag är väldigt mm. spännande och väldigt mm. viktig. Och, och någonting som jag tror att många skulle kunna ta mm. input av och mm. lära sig av. Så. Sen är hon trevlig och, mm. och så också, såklart. Och man känner sig oftast väldigt lugn och trygg när man är med henne och bekväm. Så. En väldigt modig människa. Mm. Mm. Ja, det här blir en Den. jättebra samtal. Och ja. det, det kommer bli på engelska. Ja, precis. För det, du, du kommer att intervjua. Yes. Ja. Och Sara känner sig mest att hon helst pratar på engelska helt enkelt. Så då gör vi så. Yeah. Yes. Hey Sarah. Hi. <laughs> How does it feel to uh, sit there and be a part of the pod now? Oh, feels awesome. Does it? <laughs> it's so fun yeah. to have you here. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to be here. Um, it's nice to see what you guys are like. How you're recording stuff and how it actually like behind the scenes when you're just listening. Now I can actually see what you're doing. And you're a real fan of the pod, and you <laughs> you really wanted to be a part of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> I I haven't listened as to many pods yet, mm. but uh, I really wanted for a long time wanted to be on the pod. <laughs> we are so happy yeah. to have you. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So, Sarah, you are as I mentioned, you're you're married to Marcus, mm-hmm. and you are from uh, originally from Belgium, mm-hmm. not Holland. No. Does that happen a lot? Yes, unfortunately. Oh, okay. She's from Belgium. Yeah. And so you are current, currently studying uh, interior design or are you yeah. done with it? No, no, no. Not Still yet. continuing. Yeah. yeah. And it's also something that you helped us out with, like in the church with like the some designs in like uh, the peak in like the Linea Solid, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah. that beautiful like photo collage like you've helped out with? Yeah, I mean, yeah, not only me, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I helped with Osa and um, yeah. uh, other people. I can't remember their names right now. <laughs> We're sorry. We love you all. <laughs> but you know <laughs> who you. you are. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're quite involved. So you're in the media mm-hmm. team, in mm-hmm. the service team. Mm-hmm. You you also been a home group leader. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's... It's good time that you're you're here in the pod, okay. and that we get to know you. Yeah, cool. Um, what what do you do on your free time? <laughs> I, you're fe- I feel like people time. think I have like a very exciting free time, but I do not. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoy being home. Mm. I really lately I have been very like into studying and uh, other things so whenever I feel like I have free time I just like to rest mm. and uh, watch Netflix sure yeah <laughs> uh, or I, I also go quite often to the gym that's also what I do to rest and I relax I'm curious now what do you what do you watch when you watch Netflix <sighs> okay um Mm, don't judge. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I'm a big fan of Grace and Frankie. Oh, Grace and Frankie. Yeah. I actually watched the couple of episodes. Yeah. That's very yeah. fun. Yeah. And I have, there's this huge hype about Bridgerton. <laughs> and I've been trying to like figure out what the hype is about. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to watch it right now. But Are you I, getting the hype? No, I don't fully understand. Don't fully and I'm understand. at like season two okay. <laughs> i still don't understand <laughs> so and I, I might stop okay sometimes because I, I don't really get in um yeah that's uh right now oh and i also yeah so every night before i go to bed i uh, i watch this really soothing korean food uh, vlog on youtube Okay. Yeah. There's this Korean lady who films only like what she, like the things she buys in the store and how she prepares the food, but also mm. like you only see stuff that she does. You don't see her face. You only see her dog <laughs> and her house. <laughs> but she doesn't oh, say anything. Okay. She mm. is just like mm. really soothing music. And I yeah. really like that. I had to restrain everything I had in my body to make a <laughs> Korean dog food joke there. Okay. <laughs> uh cool you've been now in stockholm for a while a couple of years yeah uh we're gonna start off with some uh light questions Uh, what is your best stockholm tip for the summer oh um i i mean i'm definitely like i'm okay i would say i would say uh to to go on a boat mm. and uh, go around the Skärgården. Yeah. Yeah. Is it called? Yeah. Skärgården, I think it's called. I think they say archipelago. Archipelago, yeah. Yeah. Go around there. And, um, or uh, what I also really like doing is uh, take the bike and bike to like just beautiful places around Stockholm. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome bike city. Yeah. Underrated yep. bike city. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite compliment to receive? Uh, I've been thinking about that question a long time. Um, but I think what I like to receive is um, the compliment that I'm genuine. Mm. Um, because I have, when I was younger, I struggled a lot to like stand up for myself or like stand up for what I believe. Mm. And to not, it was always so hard to not go with the flow, or go with what my friends did or, or what other people believed. Um, so I, I I worked on myself a lot to be genuine and to actually um, stand up for it. I think, um, yeah, yeah. So to be genuine, mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, please complete this sentence. So others think that I am blank, but I really am blank. Mm. Well, I get often that. When people get to know me, they say, like, in the beginning, oh, I really felt like you were, like, very cold in your face <laughs> <laughs> when we meet you. Uh, which, 
I do not remember, but uh, like I feel like that's what I of- often get. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm actually really kind. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, so people, I think people often can think that I'm very like cold. Okay. But I, I am just like a bit more reserved, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the last purchase you've made for yourself? Uh, f- for like, like. Me or for, for the you. house? No, 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 no. no. For me. yourself, for me. the more embarrassing oh, and telling uh, it is, the better. Um, mm, I cannot remember really. Um, I think the last thing I bought, if it's not food, because I like food, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then it's perfume. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can I ask which one? It's from Zara, the store. Uh-huh. But I don't know what. Is it like a new one? Or is it like your go-to perfume? No, no, no. It's not my go-to. Those are way too expensive. (laughs) But the Zara ones are really This this is exciting, Sarah. Yeah. This is exciting now. What is your go-to perfume that is expensive? Uh, It's uh, Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, which one? Uh, It doesn't... Like, I like the unisex one of Calvin Klein. Is it one then? No, it's different types. Okay. But um, there's this one limited edition that still is available, but Mm -hmm. it's like this... Uh, bright green, light green color on the bottle. Okay, and it looks like glass. Okay, and it's the the best perfume I've had. Calvin Klein, it's a green bottle. Yeah, light it's green, light green mm-hmm. bottle, and orange text. On and it. orange text. So mm-hmm. anyone who wants to surprise Sarah Zaug yeah. yes, with a present <laughs> that she would really appreciate, <laughs> you will buy a Calvin Klein unisex light green bottle with. Orange text, and she it will be mm. such a pleasant present. Mm. So, anyone listening out there, please come on. All right, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Last question uh, What do you want to hear God say when you meet him face to face? Um, I talked to Marcus about this, but uh, I have actually been been longing to, like, okay, imagine you come to heaven and God is waiting and you know, receives you, and he's like brings you to this theater where you when he's like sit down mm-hmm. and then he plays this movie of your life mm-hmm. uh, and I, I would really like to see like like where angels have been in my life <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> Dude, that's, like, that's the most unique uh, answer that we've heard so far yeah that's awesome yeah Thank you so much. We're going to be back with Sarah soon. So, yeah, one thing that we haven't mentioned uh, in the introduction is that YWAM, uh, mm-hmm. Youth with a Mission, mm-hmm. uh, has been a very big part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to begin there. Yep. So how did you end up in YWAM? Maybe we need to talk about what is YWAM and then how did you, how you ended up yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so YWAM is uh, an international missions organization um, that has is established in almost all the countries of the world. Um, and uh, it is focused a lot on evangelism, uh, training young people or people who come there to like um, in... in in mainly like yeah, bringing the gospel to to countries to to people um, in in like in their giftings or in in their um, job, yeah. if you can say so. Yeah, yeah. If I say it right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you ended up there in in like a like a school, right? Like a yeah training school. How did yeah. that happen? Um, so I have been part of. Um, before I graduated, I have been part of a couple of mission, mission trips okay. um, to Uganda and um, Kenya. And in both of these teams I was with, there have been people who have done a DTS. <gasps> um, and the DTS is, the, the if you want to be part of YWAM, you have to do a school first. And that is the school, the DTS, Discipleship Training School. Yeah. So I, when I graduated from school, I decided like... Um, instead of like first like instead of um, signing contract somewhere at a job I, I decided to go to another country and do the school um, yeah what made you want to like go to another country and, and not you know get a job like- oh 
I don't know. Like I, when I was doing my internship in, uh, so I'm a undersköterska, like an assistant nurse. Okay. In, in my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was doing my internship, um, a lot of my coworkers were always like regretting the choices they made before they started a family or before they like fully committed to a job place. I heard often like they were very like regretting that they never like traveled or never saw the world or mm. um but it just happened for them to like oh after school we just get a job and then they get stuck or wow. like which is fine like people do that and I totally respect that but I I felt for myself like I I don't want to be that kind of person who just gets stuck somewhere and regrets um not doing something that I've been wanting to do Yeah. So you decide, and then you had some like positive um, experiences with people who have done DTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you decide to go. Wh- where did you end up in your DTS? Well, I ended up in Sweden, um, in Restenes, in um, yeah, forty minutes from Gothenburg. Yeah. Okay. So you were in Belgium. Was it like a yeah. easy decision to just go like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll go to Restenes? I'm sure you've never heard of it before. Or um. No, not really. Like I, I, I wanted to go to Japan or uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I never really felt peace about it when I was praying over it. Mm. Uh, and then um, one day I was looking on the internet, and my mom like suggested, like, "Oh, maybe you should go to Restenes, like the place where I was sent sent from or have been to. Um, maybe that's like a good place for you." And um, yeah, I never really thought about Sweden because um, that's cold, and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, in the north, you want to go to warm country. Um, but uh, and then when she suggested that, um, the night I think the evening after, uh, I dreamt about a building, uh, and then the next day I looked up the the place, and the first picture I saw on the website was the building that I dreamt of. Okay. Mm. So and that, this instant like peace over like okay this is where I should go came so I'm like okay so, I guess wow mm? yeah. so you so you so you were praying about it you didn't have peace about Tokyo and like a little bit more like ex- yeah. exciting yeah <laughs> exactly because <laughs> like you you mentioned like oh I don't want to be a person that like ends up in this job and then stuck somewhere I yeah. want to have time to see the world yeah and then and the destinies might mm. not be the first place no that com- but God had a unique way of like yeah, and there. just that instant peace was so clear for me. Mm. Like, okay, I guess I should go there then. Yeah. So your so. mom had also done a, been a part of YWAM before. Yeah, she. I always get this story wrong, but at some point she she was sent out from. She got, she was there at Restenes, okay. um, and she was sent out to become missionaries in Africa with my yeah with my then later on my dad mm. where they met there wow. mm-hmm. cool. yeah so your uh, experience with ywam what was that like was there anything challenging with your time there mm. your dts <laughs> yeah it was uh, a lot of challenging things but also really fun things like i i owe almost everything to ywam mm. like where i became who i am i feel like um but yeah of course like yeah, when you are gathered with a bunch of people from different cultures and from warm and cold cultures mm. and uh when you start to grow up and you start to develop your own like um uh viewpoints on things then things can become challenging mm. um mm, how yeah. old were you then by the way when i started when i did my discipleship training school i was 20 you're 20 years old and yeah. now you're kind of like a new kind of a place in the world you know? yeah and then how many people were at this base oh it it was over 100 people. it was over 100 people yeah. that you never met before no from all these different cultures yeah okay. and it was actually not a belgium in my class not a single belgian person you, there was one there was one from okay. the french part the french part so that was cool yeah mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. was there anything difficult with oh, i'm sure there's a lot of challenges with adjusting to those things <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I um, I had a bit of a, a rough time growing up in in school, uh, a little bit of a rebellious uh, Sarah going on there in my teenage years, and um, coming to <laughs> a place where, um, yeah, that 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 was challenging my my rebelliousness was okay. was quite hard in the beginning, if you can say so. Yeah. So you were quite tough before coming to just us. Yeah, 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 yeah. All like a build, you know. I was, I had a walls of protection around me for to not get hurt. Mm. So um, that was hard, of course, coming to a place and and people deciding over you and, um, yeah. So. And you, I mean, you end up pre- being very close. I mean, it, it's mm. a, it's not the best place if you want to have walls to go to no. a DTS, no. right? Because you share a lot. Yeah. You, yeah, but that was that was the thing that uh, helped me take down my walls was okay. actually seeing like uh, um, that people actually really cared about me, and um, I was always so. Um, uh, what's that word when you don't trust somebody in the beginning? Like um, guarded, or yeah, yeah, suspicious, suspicious, yeah, uh-huh. suspicious uh-huh. of people when yeah. I grew up, because I always saw that their intention was not uh, not was not right towards me. Mm. So then I grew this like huge wall of suspiciousness towards people. Mm. So, but then when I realized when I was in the school that uh, in this DTS um, that actually people meant good and mm. people were actually true to true to their word. Um, that really started to make me think like, oh, okay, maybe I maybe I really can trust this person or maybe I really do believe what they're speaking over me, like good things over me or so yeah, that helped me a lot. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. Could you could you like tell me a little bit like what were some things that you found that were consistent that, that helped you develop trust and, and, and bring down walls? Mm. Like do you have any examples? Mm, I think it was a lot about my identity. Okay. Um, I I str- I still, in some way, I still struggle a lot with like knowing who I really am. But like, um, I did not have a strong identity when I was younger. Um, so I think just coming to school where you have. I had nine leaders over me mm. um, who were, like, super kind. <laughs> and for me, it's just, like, weird. Like, in the oh. beginning, it was just, like, like, why would you do that for me? Like, oh. you know, they celebrated my birthday and they surprised me with the huge morning, like, breakfast and singing for me. And I was just, like, I don't even know you. Like, mm. why would you do this? Like, and and... Just um, this identity crisis that, like, was like, okay, yeah. Obviously, people see way more in me than I see in myself, mm. um, and yeah, that started to, um, yeah, really take down walls and, and um, start to like, yeah, look, see myself in a in a better way. Yeah. So you didn't think you deserved that kindness? No, no. No, and I, I felt some way I felt like it was just better to have these walls up and, and to pretend like, oh, I'm tough. Like, you can't do anything to me. Uh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you don't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, wow. So they killed you with kindness. Yeah, they uh, basically did, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, one of the things that you did in YWAM, another thing that I, uh, that you that you um, mentioned that was very formative uh, when we we've talked before is that you've been this Bible program, and yeah. if I understand this correctly, you read each book of the Bible five times yeah. in nine months. Yeah, that's pretty intense. It was. I lost two kilos. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense. Yeah, I started addiction to coffee also. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've never heard that benefit of reading the Bible before, yeah. but let's put it out right. there. Read the Bible five times, yeah. five, each book of the Bible five times uh, in nine months, lose two kilos, yeah. and learn lots about God. Yeah. But uh, what did you learn about God and yourself through that process? What was that like? Oh, 
Well, I, first of all, I, I was re- with really good Bible teachers. Mm. Like, it was the last year that this leader would be in the school. So I was like, I need to get my chance. Um, so, um, yeah. And then I decided, like, because I realized, like, because by that time I was working as a DTS staff. Mm. Um, so I was you know, speaking to students and about God, but I realized like, oh, I actually don't really know much about the Bible or maybe my views are not correctly about the Bible. So I felt like, okay, I need to do this nine-month course. And um, so I did that. And, and it was awesome. Like, it was so good. Um, I just got this huge, like, tool of how to read and how to look at the Bible or how to mm. look at God's Word. Mm. in another way um and the the main thing that stuck to me was that like in at some point in isaiah i think when we started to read isaiah i had this huge meltdown and i took my um leader was like okay take a week off uh, you don't need to do isaiah which was so good because <laughs> it was so much um but um uh, and he was just like, just reflect on like what God is doing right now because I feel like God is is stirring something in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I realized like, because during that time I was running a lot as like a way mm-hmm. of like de-stressing myself mm-hmm. from school. Mm-hmm. And uh, on my runs, I would just like burst out in in tears and like because we were reading through the Old Testament and how God is so good, like how God is just like. <laughs> Like this, this father who, when people come to him and say like, "Oh, we want this," and the God is like, "Well, I actually don't think this is good for you, but like, I, I give it to you." But, and then people mess up, and then God is just, he is angry also, and he's sad, but he also is like, he has this huge love for his people, where he cannot just stay angry forever, and like, he was just like for me like why why would god be so kind like why would he be so forgiving um yeah that is what i got out of it and i i just got this huge deeper understanding of god's heart for his people can i ask what did that do like when you start realizing and you see start seeing god's kindness and his uh, patience and but also identify a certain level of righteous anger Mm. Like, what did that do with you, like, knowing this about God? What did it do with you? Well, I, I don't know. I, I think you just get a huge different understanding of the Old Testament. Because mm. people can maybe think that the Old Testament is cruel and God is, I don't know, that God is, like, you know, building up so many rules and so many like you cannot do this and oh die on you and like mm. <laughs> here's a plague and like mm. you know all of these things. But if you understand like why, like his heart behind mm. this, mm. you know his the reason, like it makes all sense for me at least. Like, of course, God gives these rules to like keep it hygienical, clean. Like for example, one of like mm. one of the things that I took out of one thing or like um to just protect these people or or to keep them separate from the world or from the other tribes and like you if you see his heart behind it it's so so beautiful yeah you mentioned that there were some like uh tools that you also picked up uh yeah. during this time is there anything that you continue to use in, in your bible reading that that helps you um well to be honest after this 9 month of 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 studying the bible so intensely <laughs> you you i struggled a lot to actually get back to the bible and read it as like a, a relational uh, in a relational yeah, way yeah. instead of in like a studying way because yeah. mm. in in that school you like color code and you like build your own t- themes and titles and you like try to see like what's the what's the key word or what's the key mm. verse and like all mm. of these things and it was took almost a year for me to actually like get back into the word in a relational way instead mm. of like trying to study it mm. um yeah so but um 
I don't know, I have these huge binders where I sometimes go back to and, and read all of the work I've done. Mm. Um, but I also, also just have my Bible. And when you color code a Bible, it, it helps you to see the word a bit clearer. So it's, you had to almost like detox from the kind of like uh, mm -hmm. intense kind of like using it as like um, you're working the Bible mm -hmm. yeah. to just kind of relating to God and hearing God's voice. Yeah. Can you share a little bit like how, how do you read the Bible relationally? Um, what helps you do that? Well, I started actually with Lexio Divina mm -hmm. um, to help me like connect with God again. Mm. Um, to actually not read whole passages or like whole chapter, but to actually like read a verse or two verses, uh, so I can actually like just stop and um, take in just a sm small fraction of each mm. chapter um, to actually just like listen to God and and to not have to read everything. Yeah. But yeah, if, if you understand what I mean, like. Um, It's, it's a way of meditating, yeah, right, yeah. In, in the Word. Yeah. Um, so you just take just like small uh, verses or even words, mm -hmm. and then you just kind of like prayerfully yeah. kind of stay with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, that, that could be very inviting after color-coding everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and, and, and talk a little bit about your childhood. Mm -hmm. Um You you're adopted mm -hmm. uh, and grew up in Belgium, yeah. and you went to a predominantly white school, yeah. where you and your siblings were pretty much the only black kids in the school. Yeah, if, if I can remember, yeah. yeah. Yeah, can you tell me about that experience? Oh, I'm really bad at like remembering things, <laughs> but um, I mean, okay, it's like look, see it in this way: like my parents, my mom is from Belgium, mm -hmm. my dad is from Switzerland. After a couple of years in Africa, they came back to this Belgium <laughs> uh, where it was not really like common that a couple comes back with four African, like mm. kids from Africa. Mm. Um, so that was already weird, mm. if you can think about that. Uh, and also that we are not related at all to each one of my siblings. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, and, and, and that, I mean, we just led a different lifestyle. We were believers. We um, So in school it was, I think I did have a really good school, like when I was younger. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, you were standing out mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you stuck out in several ways. Yeah. So it was by uh, your religion or, yeah. or, or the... Well, yeah, YWAM is a pretty extreme, I guess, mm -hmm. missionaries mm -hmm. and being adopted, yeah. being from another continent. Yeah, yeah, looking different. Looking yeah. different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did that, like, affect... Uh, we talked a little bit about your identity. Yeah. How did it affect identity? Well, I'm, I'm very grateful that I, I never really experienced, like, discrimination, mm. like, with words and stuff like that. Mm. Um, except maybe one time. Yeah, but anyway, um, and um, but something that really like affected me for many years, and it, it sounds so silly when I talk about it, but it was like when I was around eight or so, I came to school with uh, with my afro hair like mm -hmm. loose, mm -hmm. so like all open. It was nicely combed and washed and stuff like that, but it was just like really a lot mm -hmm. hair. And I, I remember coming to to school and um, and and just being like, yeah, I mean we were we were eight, we were all eight years old, so we didn't know better in some way. <laughs> But uh, like, yeah, kids were laughing at me and saying mm -hmm. like, oh, what a weird hairstyle, or and that that resulted just that I never walked around with my hair loose until I was maybe. 23 so 15 years you're like okay i can't have my hair out yeah the way it is yeah because i uh, i thought that people thought it was ugly mm. yeah so th i think that gave my identity a big like blow actually because uh i know that my sister she has beautiful hair but hair her hair like 
her hair is very curly but like goes down mm. like stays down mm. <laughs> my hair like oops like you know stays up mm. and uh, i always felt like oh her hair is nicer because it's like you know the 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 way white people have you know they have the hair down yeah. it stays yeah. nice and you know um so yeah i always really admired that kind of hairstyle and i always hated like my hairstyle yeah so unfortunately yeah i grew, like i grew up in sweden so mm. i was like uh, i was six year old when mm. i moved to stockholm as well yeah. and if you, if you didn't notice i i also don't i'm not white so yeah. i have oh. different features as well and one of the things I grew up with is like I, I hated my nose and I hated my eyes, oh, yeah, because yeah. I didn't have a white nose and mm. I didn't have white eyes, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was made fun of it. Yeah. So and, and that that like sticks with you and it mm, does it things does. in your soul. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I understand that YWAM it was like a, it was a big part of, of God's yeah. way of um, experiencing acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um. And I can imagine like having like leaders there showing you kindness and stuff mm-hmm. that it, it, it helped out. Mm. Um, but there was also a, an important person that you met in YWAM that that helped this kind of like ho- <laughs> process along. <laughs> what, who are you referring yeah, to, Jay? I'm referring to Marcus. Oh. Uh, that's your husband. <laughs> yeah. uh, can you tell me how your relationship uh, has kind of been restorative and healing, and, and particularly maybe with this kind of identity with 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 beauty and. Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, Marcus always tells me this and that is when he met me first his he was he was doing um a Bible Bible core course mm. in the in the place where I was working and that morning when his school started he actually <laughs> came into the wrong classroom. <laughs> it came in our, our in our classroom in our DTS classroom. And he was standing there. We were having worship. Mm. And he was standing there thinking that it was his class. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he told me, like, the first thing I saw was you standing in front of Sarah. And I thought, wow, she looks cool. <laughs> mm. So I I always like that when he says that. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, but b- prior, before I met Marcus, I went through a really, really hard, like, tough heartbreak. Um, and... Um, I was like at this point of like wanting to leave YWAM because I I was just like there is no single man here <laughs> or like the words but it's like sixty plus <laughs> so I was like no okay uh, so I was really like on the edge of going to Hawaii because there's like five hundred people in YWAM mm-hmm. there <laughs> so mm-hmm. it felt like more safe to find somebody there mm. um, and then I yeah and then just Marcus like walked into into my life and um and he is just like i always tell him that like he's just the most kindest person like truly truly kindest person i've ever met and like the way he speaks about me is just so healing um yeah what does he say like i'm oh, I have this experience where I have been like often yelled at or like people think that I'm doing like when I drop something or when I uh, forget something or when I, you know, miss my bus or something. I've had experiences where people can be very like strong in their words or like, oh, how stupid Sarah or like, oh, you know, oh, you clumsy girl dropping this and breaking it. And like, and I always... In the end, like I was always walking on my toes, like mm. trying not to break something or something like that. But with Mark, it's like when I met him, um, I remember one time I just dropped something and his, his react. I thought he was going to react like, oh, like clumsy, you know, you. But he's, he react, he just reacted like, oh, that's okay. Like, it's just a glass. Like, <laughs> like are you not going to say something more? Like, are you not going to yell at me or. Are you not gonna like tell me off or because that's like the expectation I've had of people like when I when something like this happens, but he's just he's always like so patient and always just like you know I can do the worst thing and he's like it's okay, Sarah, I forgive you, 
or like don't worry like and I still like even after being married almost four years I'm, he can still say these things and I'm like I don't I do not deserve you like <laughs> I really do not deserve him yeah when he does this when he meets you with this kind of kindness mm. when he meets you with patience and gentleness mm-hmm. what mm. does it do to you what does that do Oh, I think it, um, my, sorry, my voice, I think it, uh, it, it melts me in the way that, like, I don't, I should not be so hard on myself, I think, I mean, it just reminds me of, like, don't be so hard on yourself, Sarah, like, it's okay, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I like Marcus too. That's <laughs> good. That's good. I think a lot of people like Marcus. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, YOM is a missional organization, and you've been in a lot of mission. You've been involved with mission. Um, but like when we've talked before, I, I've noticed that you make a little bit of a distinction, and you said that you're passionate about living in mission. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, and why is that important to you? What does living in mission mean? Oh, um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think living in mission, you can live everywhere in mission. Like living in Esther Malm is, and you're a Christian is living in missions. Working at Post Nord is living in missions. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Like um, it says, like go to the ends of the world. That means also Post Nord or <laughs> like uh, a bakery or. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, being called into missions is like living out the God's calling, um, the general calling God has on on everybody to to spread His His goodness and His truth and the gospel to to people that you meet. Um, yeah, wherever, wherever you are, mm-hmm. whenever it is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, whatever you do, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and God is calling you back into. Mission, maybe in a more more concrete mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um. You and Marcus, uh, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Uh, God willing, will be uh, heading off to Wyoming, in Australia. Yes, sir. What? <laughs> <laughs> excited? Oh yeah, I'm super excited. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be good. What will you guys be doing there? So we will be doing a basic leadership school. Mm-hmm. That is going to be 19 months school where you will mainly get trained in leadership, in mentorship. Um, and also through that, you will have like a uh, kind of a, uh, a focus area. And our focus area will be DTS. So mm. we will work practically alongside with DTS while we are studying this course. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Mm. Yeah. So leadership training. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're in the right spot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What uh, What do you hope that God will do this time around? Um, what do mm. you long for with this move? That God well, even though I say that like uh, missions is everywhere, I still have had always a big heart of living abroad, mm. um, living in a communal 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 Com- so living, living with, with other people other people yeah. in the community like community yeah yeah um in another country yeah um traveling to different countries um meeting living with other nationalities and and those kind of things so um yeah i kind of forgot what your question was but like what you what you were hoping for that God would do in your time in Australia? Yeah, not only that, but mm. um, but I think I really have been looking forward to actually working with Marcus in this kind of way. Um, now, like Marcus works as a music teacher, and I am home, and so we are like a little bit separate from each other in our work. Mm. Uh, so I really look forward to actually see him thrive in in his abilities and his uh, qualities. Um, and and do that as a as a family. Mm. Um, I think we would really thrive well in this kind of lifestyle, very much so. 
So yeah, that that's really what I'm hoping to get out of. And also just seeing what, this is also for us kind of a way of to see like, if this is something that God has called us to do. Mm. Um, and if so, then we're ready to, to be fully invested in this. Mm. Let's go Team Saug. And those of you guys uh, that want to follow uh, and, and see what God is doing uh, with Marcus and Sarah in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, take contact with her and, and, you know, get some newsletters mm-hmm. and read up and then support them and encourage them mm-hmm. uh, the best way you guys can. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. We're going to be back with the last question. Yes. Sarah, what does everyday faith mean to you? I think everyday faith, I think that I'm speaking right now over where I am right now in my Mm. life. But I think everyday faith is like accepting that you will fall, like that you will like... um, stumble and that you will get up again that you will have days where life isn't going as planned maybe Um, but that you still like hold on to that God is good and God is faithful Um, and then God is there with you and that God is um And that like the next like that there's always a new day with grace and mercy and not to be hard on yourself. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're a real one. <laughs> You're welcome. Det var ett intressant samtal. Det jag tar med mig från det här samtalet som verkligen blev en påminnelse för mig. Det var när hon berättade om sina ledare på DTSen och hur de fixade födelsedagsfika och så åt henne. Och jag bara så här... det finns ju inte någon riktigt bra försättning kanske till kindness med snällhet, godhet. Så hur det aldrig är bortkastat. Mm. Ibland så tänker jag att, att vi är lätt så här, ah, men det spelar väl ingen roll om jag säger grattis till den här personen. Eller det spelar väl ingen roll om jag går och, vi, och ger de här blommorna som jag tänkte på. Alltså vi, vi gör saker som att ah, men det, här, det här spelar inte så stor roll. Men för en människa som tar emot det så spelar det ju jättestor roll om man gör det. Och jag tänker att vi väldigt lätt bara glömmer bort hur viktiga mm. sådana handlingar är mm. att bara visa godhet mot varandra och verkligen liksom mm. att det kan verkligen ja, förändra människors liv eh, jag tror att vi ibland mm. gör om det på ett sätt ganska små sakerna så alltså, kommer med en tårta på morgonen är ju inte så här. det är ingen jättestor grej men de här små sakerna hur det kan förändra och förvandla människors liv det är, det är bara att ta med mig som en sån påminnelse Um, och också jag tänker mig att de här ledarna säkert blev ett föredöme i att för henne att göra likadant som dem så ja vad tar du med dig från samtalet? Jag tror alltså det är, det är samma sak mm. och det är liksom hur det står i Bibeln att, att, att nu ställer den en retorisk fråga vet ni inte att det är genom Guds godhet mm. som eh, han manar er att omvända er liksom, mm. det är hans godhet som gör att vi vänder oss till honom ja yeah. Uh, och det låter som att det har varit lite grann ett tema kring liksom Saras liv är mm. det som hon fick bemöta i YWAM uh, mm. och möta den gemenskap där och hur hjälper de att bryta ner den här uh, hårda mm. muren det är genom godhet it's like mm. kindness and it's just like these like kindness like missiles that just like do, 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 break down this wall mm. så här mm. kanske inte en bra bild <laughs> det var en hemsk bild förlåt <laughs> ja. det var en jättedum bild det är en kärlek som bara liksom bryter ner och smälter det är bättre uh, och sen också liksom med Marcus uh, hans liksom mjukhet mm. och, och så här tålamod mm. och uh, liksom och sättet att han, han använder ord mm. 
som också är en del av att, att, att hon blir så här hel av, av, av det som hon har varit med om liksom, i, i liksom självbild och så. Mm, mm. Like, ja, men som du säger, liksom, att inte underskatta så här snällhet. Mm. Like, because sometimes we think that it's like, oh, but this is not powerful or this is, Nej, uh, det, här, det här är en uh. sån liten grej. But uh. like, yeah, that's powerful. Mm. Mm. Kindness, det är så powerful. Mm. Så so att, uh, man, like, eller hur? Alltså, fortsätta att, att uh, be, ja. be kind. Ja, be kind. fortsätta att göra med saker. Ja, ja, ja. Tänk inte att men det spelar ingen mm. roll att jag går iväg och köper de där blommorna. Eller, mm. Tänk inte så, utan, mm. utan gör det. Jag tänker mm. att det är så viktigt att vi, mm. att vi gör de där sakerna mm. vi tänker på. För jag tror mm. ibland att det är Gud som, som säger det mm. till oss. Att det inte alltid är våra egna mm. tankar att vi kommer på en så här mm. och jag borde ringa den där personen eller jag borde mm. skicka det där meddelandet och uppmuntra mm. om det där. Utan det kan vara Gud som så här, ligger på om att den här personen mm. behöver det. Så att, att lyssna till dem tankarna ibland och göra de där sakerna som, som kan verka små men som kan vara jätteviktiga för, för andra. Sen så är ju alltså, hela deras liv är ju på något sätt också en påminnelse om det här att följa yeah. Gud. Mm. Mm. Um, och jag tänker så här, hon sa att ja men även om man jobbar på Postnord, vilket yeah. hon har gjort, alltså så här, det här missionella livet där vi kallar det till mm. överallt mm. Um, vart vi är nära och det tänker jag en en väldigt bra påminnelse i det här samtalet att ja, men det är faktiskt en kallelse vart vi än är ja. men sen kan vi också ibland behöva lyssna på Gud och att Gud kallar oss in i någonting nytt mm. mot det vi står i mm. um, att det inte alltid vi ska stå kvar på samma ställe utan ibland ska vi vidare och så. Mm. det är också en bra påminnelse jättebra ja, men tack mm. så jättemycket till Sara som ja, delade sin verkligen, verkligen. Mm. Uh, nu så uh, och ni ser vem som kommer nästa gång på podden. Det blir spännande. Vi lägger ut podden på torsdagar klockan 13.30. Så lyssna på den nästa vecka. Det finns det poddar finns. Tack för att ni har lyssnat idag. Hejdå. Tack så mycket. Hej då.